the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to emphasise the opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge or other branches of the independent order of Oddfellows. Fascinating conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership promoting the order. So, sit back, open your ears and your heart in your hand while I introduce you to our hosts. Why is our podcast called The Modern Goat Rider? Like, do we really ride goats when we're in Odd Fellows? Yes, of course we do. We don't. That's not true. I've never ridden a goat since I've been an Odd Fellow. I've been an Odd Fellow 11 years. You know, there's always jokes about goats, but I've never ridden a goat, but I have, haven't I? You have you have unofficially ridden a goat, yes. Because when we, and this you taught me this this year, is that when we uh, when we're initiated, that's called. Riding the goat. Riding the goat. Right. So we're the modern goat rider. This is a modern initiation into Odd Fellowship. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So, Billy, can you just briefly, and I'm saying briefly, can you just <laughs> tell me really quickly, how did the Odd Fellows become the Odd Fellows? Back in 1600, 18, 14, 1300, when did it happen and where? Okay. So... I'll, I'll edit out all the pauses in here because it's going to be a long go. No, it All right. So, long, long ago, there was uh, trade guilds that were based around uh, whether you were like maybe a stonemason or maybe you were in the uh, what the carriage makers guild uh, trade. And what happened was for the mutual benefit of those members of the uh, it's pre-unions. It's uh, it's a form of unionization in a way. They're unionizing for the better betterment and the beneficial uh, life that they could have uh, by binding by binding together and being kind of um, safety and security in numbers or supporting each other. So there was a number of these guilds, and then they became uh, fraternal. And there's two things that are going, or two chains of thought for Oddfellows. One is that the Oddfellows were the odd trades, the, the, the gentlemen who were working maybe uh, in less glamorous trades. Maybe they weren't in carpentry or they weren't in, they weren't, there's a pin makers guild. Like there's all kinds of different guilds at the time. So you would have had to really not fit into one of the many guilds that there You'd were. You'd have to be a super odd super fellow. Super odd fellow. To not be in a guild. Not in a guild. Got it. That's the one theory. The other theory is that they end up bind, uh, grouping together as just sort of a, a trade or they have a name for themselves that's not necessarily common. And they start doing nice things for people, but they're doing it more externally to their organization. So maybe they're helping out neighbors more often. Maybe they're helping out the sick or the ill or elderly and so the other theory is that they were getting named odd because it was an odd thing to do in the time of the 1700s to help people out. Right. So this is 1700s England. England. Right. And a lot of people think that uh, we're a spinoff from the Masons. No, not officially. But very similar. There are some similar. similarities. There are. And many Masons became odd fellows. Yeah. 
but you didn't have to be, it was a little more inclusive, was it not, the Odd Fellows? I mean, like in ways that you didn't have to necessarily be just of one guild. You yeah. Know, the I Masons would, were just Masons. I would agree. I, I, I would assume that there's a prestige and exclusivity to being a member of a trade, journeyman electricians or just carpenters now, there, there's there's prestige in being in a in a trade and in a union. So I think probably then they would say, yeah, I would be included. But to say Oddfellows were more inclusive, uh, maybe, depending on what they were trying to do, they were trying to help each other. Sure. So so it became so how lo- how large did it get in those early days? Was it quite a you know, know did it become huge? I don't know. Like there's there's so many times that it fractures between the late 1700s until until what we know in the 1850s in the US that there's the final fracturing for the US separation from the the Manchester unity in the in the UK. So when did it come to North America? Uh, well, that's 1819. 1819. And, and at that point, it was connected to the European... Manchester, Manchester Unity. Un- Unity. And when did it fracture off then and become the independent it's Sometime order? in the middle 1800s. I mean, Wikipedia could help us, but we're going to go off of memory. Yeah, you, I'm going off your memory. My memory and your, and, and your myth-believing. Right. Um, so, yeah, in the, in the middle of the 1800s, there was a dispute about rules possibly about race inclusiveness or possibly about how they were being represented back in the UK as the United States. So they were becoming the, the U.S. Oddfellows and um, our order in Victoria uh, is a branch of that original one. And our first lodge in Victoria establishes not long, only about a dozen or so years after the um, the, 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 the change to have independent order of Oddfellows being a North American organization. So, so is it yeah. true that uh, several times the Oddfellows almost became like fully decimated within yeah. North America? Because I always hear these stories about there's times when it was getting really bad and the membership was down and then four gentlemen would trudge across North America opening lodges here and there and just, uh, you know, just, you know, rebirthing it again. Is any of that true? I don't know. Um, I would say that a lot of the growth happened when the railways went across the U.S. And these cities, even if you look at a city like Vancouver, uh, we were just sharing the lodge list uh, that existed in B.C. And there were so many lodges in in Vancouver, like in one city having eight or nine lodges. Uh, Victoria at one point had five lodges. So how many members in each lodge? Um, like well, 80. the the members list in 1893 for Columbia Two was 160 or 170 right, members. Right. So it's double what the size is now in Victoria. Yeah. And so, back then, I mean, the benefits were so huge. Right. And so that's what I was going to get to is that the the benefits and almost pyramid scheme was necessary to keep these lodges running because they were giving out so much in benefits. They were giving a lot of money, equivalent of $217 a week in unemployment in um, like today's equivalent. But that would be given to somebody in 1890, right? They're homesick with the flu and they're getting paid $200 from their lodge. So they needed to continuously bring in more members, bring in more dues. Young, healthy members. Right, yeah. 
So how did they do that back then? I mean, were they, it was just because they offered so many benefits that people were just, uh, it was an insurance policy. It was an insurance policy. There was benefits for, for your death, to bury the dead. Uh, there was benefits for relieving distress, which is the unemployment and, uh, and care for when you were ill, care for your widow for some. Um, and then later on, they go into extensive stuff with homes, uh, retirement homes, elderly homes, um, orphanages, etc., etc. But how they brought in members, I think it was pretty much just networking through the people. Uh, again, we went through the, the registry and we found, this was really cool, we found all the applications that were signed by applicants from 1870 to 1912. Um, so every single applicant who joined Columbia 2, we have their signed application form and who uh, sponsored them. And you see basically these these repeat sponsors are these guys bringing in, mm-hmm. bring in people, bring in people because we can't let this die financially or, 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 you know, as an order. Right. And continuing to do good for the community. I guess in a way you almost have like the more people you bring in, the more benefit you can give to the people you know. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in some cases we do charity and we give money to people we don't know. And this may have been how they gave money to people they know and not necessarily just giving it to sure to, to Joe on the street. Yeah, if I was a member back in 1892, I'd want to bring in all my family and all my friends because I all your that, brothers and sisters. Yeah, all yeah. your brothers and brother-in-laws yeah, and everybody. Yeah. Because I knew that then they would be protected just mm-hmm. as I was. But today it's not like that. We don't really do that as much. No, there is a really good book uh, called Young Man's Benefit, I think. And it's written by a guy from uh, Vancouver or somewhere. He wrote a master's thesis. And then they took that thesis and got some other guys to write this book. It's an interesting book because in his thesis, it was a lot about how the demise of fraternal organizations happened when insurance, health insurance, when unemployment insurance, quote unquote, air quote, socialist ideas that people take as uh, the safety net that they enjoy now, not enjoy, but they, they benefit from, that, that decimated the, 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 I guess, the promotional aspects to a fraternal organization like Oddfellows because it, we weren't doing what Masons were doing. Sure. But those are, so that's, it's a selfish thing to be an Oddfellow back in the day. You were only doing it to help yourself. You weren't necessary. Now, now when you're an odd fellow, you're not getting the benefits. You're out there. We're becoming odd fellows so that we can benefit the people at, at large. Yeah. So, you know, even though it got decimated, it changed the reason of to become or part of a fraternal organization such as the odd fellows. Yeah. 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 I guess if you were, if you were looking at it through a lens back then, they had very high dues relative to now. They owned property all over Victoria. They plan to build a massive temple building um, on a double lot they owned on View Street. They had great plans. There's 32-story towers that were planned for cities in Cincinnati. There's a huge tower that was built in San Francisco by Oddfellows with Oddfellows money. So it had a selfish, it probably had a, look how amazing we are and you should be part of this. Mm thing that is not the same now we are not humanistic we we are humble right we're humble servants to the community and to our our members Mm -hmm. where it's possible 
they preached humbleness, but they didn't practice it. Yeah, especially when it comes to mas- nasty stuff like race and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The, the preaching is, uh, I, 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 this is great radio. I'm pointing to a book. Yeah, I'm pointing to a book. He's pointing. A He's pointing. I see um, it. Uh, and uh, it's it's a really cool book. It's uh, a sp- it's a speech that somebody gave at a Grand Lodge session in the 1800s, um, and the the preaching of the values is so rich and so deep. And there's a, there's a, 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 a what are the etching pr- printed etch illustration on every freaking page. It's amazing. But I just wonder how how deep it was taken. Yeah, because it was maybe selfish, like you say. Um, and they had, to, they they had were protecting. a lot of money in the bank. Right. I mean, we can go into it, you know, and I don't know if this is exactly the episode to go into it, but, um, you know, definitely they had their reasons. There were uh, there were reasons to become an odd fellow back then. And, I, and they're not the same reasons that I joined, and I don't think they're the same reasons that you joined. No. Um, they, they certainly had fun. They had social, lots of parties, and they had events. Okay, so that is the reason I joined. That's the reason I joined too. No, I think I think the idea, and maybe this is where we tangent, is that I think the idea of betterment is important to all the fraternities, the Masons especially, but Odd Fellows and 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 the crossover is there that you look at Odd Fellows as a way, a philosophy as as we heard uh, Ainsley say in episode two, that uh, about philosophy of life that is important and that you can benefit from because you already have the safety net. You're not worried about those absolute bottom end of things, um, pre-COVID, way post-COVID. But the the benefit can be for you still, mm-hmm. selfishly, like it may have been for them back then. Mm-hmm. It's not money anymore. It might be growth or well, leadership or trust mm-hmm. compassion or, yeah i mean perhaps the idea of what better is now is different than then so sure we were all working towards becoming a better person or the betterment of our brotherhood and our group and our family and and the people at large but perhaps the idea of better is different now than it was back then yeah well what would you what would you th- Sell, like we ask other people what their sell, selling is. Mm-hmm. So, selling the odd fellows now for us, what would you like? I, you know, what sell. mine is. I mean, me for me, it's it's this opportunity to give back to the community, mm-hmm. right? And that's, you know, obviously, you know, for for people who are passionate about our order, we we get so much out of giving back, and um, by giving people a way to give back with that camaraderie with a bunch of like-minded people, similar to what Becky said, uh, we are given, you know, we're given the opportunity to have fun and do good at the same time. And that's really what it was about. You know, I just, when you say that no Chinese people can build your building mm-hmm. and that's your protecting free white men, mm-hmm. it's a different idea of betterment to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very glorious history. And I didn't when want to you, get into it right away. No, but, I know. You know. Well, it's, uh, I don't want to, I'm not being a, my intention is not to be a protectionist of the history of the order. I think there's mistakes made across every, every, every history. You, you act as best or as poorly 
judged at the time with the information you have at the time mm -hmm. uh, would uh, this uh, if, if there was an if there was an abundance of travel and abundance of immigration that was uh, diverse immigration then you would uh, you would probably have a different outlook on life in 1890 the 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 immigration that was provided to North America was opportunistic. It was for labor. It was to do things that the protected group wanted to have happen and to keep everybody else in line. So that's a, um, but that, that, that's just the mindset of the, of the odd fellows in 1890 is they're yeah. going, you can build our, we really want our new building built, but these are the, this is who we want to build it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't understand that or that, I'm surprised by it even. Not yeah. at all. You know, it's just, it, it's just, um, I think, you know, it's interesting to see the changes in reasons why we are becoming on fellows. I just see that as a, an interesting thread through history. <clears throat> and it'd be interesting to find out what it was like, what the forties and fifties and sixties, you know, once we get it, once we find some older gentlemen or um, ladies to talk to, it'd be interesting to see what their reasons why, were in uh, becoming an odd fellow. Was it social? Was it, uh, insurance was it protection? Yeah, or was it um, networking? Yeah, yeah. Was it that your boss was an odd fellow, yeah. or your dad was an odd and fellow, or whatever? The, it's the version of the rotary that that met your needs or your expectations mm -hmm. more. So, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting gap I think in our history too that we just done uh, that we have we haven't really delved into. Well, there's so few people joined. Mm -hmm. Right, it's just they're 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 whittled down so quickly. And if you look at the hall, at the condition of the hall, at the you know when um, when our re and revitalization started, the hall was basically a, a place to hang out and play cards, mm -hmm. smoke. Yeah. Okay. We have that beautiful room, and there's this massive sign that used to hang in the hall that said "No smoking in the <laughs> lodge room." Like, yeah, I imagine if we tore out the carpet, probably would just be cigarette burns mm -hmm. across the whole thing for uh, decades of. Uh, of uh, cigarette cigarettes that were dropped on the floors during meetings and stuff. But well, if you're yeah, not, I think if you're an odd fellow um, and you joined in the 1950s, 60s, go. 70s, uh, please contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, what's our email? Info at moderngoatrider.com. Okay, please, <clears throat> yeah, please message us and let us know. We'd love to talk to you and find out all about it. Okay, hot stove. I think I got a name for this segment. Hot stove. No, hot stove. Uh, hot H. O D D. Uh, oh, hod. Okay, yes, hod stove. Hot. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to the uh, uh, modern goat rider hod stove. Hod it's stove. the hod stove. Hod uh, stove. We're just hod stoving it right here. So, um, Billy, what's our next topic? You got anything? Uh, what's you know what's going on in the world of odd fellowship right now? Like other than you know the big shutdown. I mean, I'm like missing my brothers so much. There isn't so much like. A Zoom meeting or, you know, over the phone calls or whatever. It's just nothing compares to um, our meeting nights and us, you know, getting together beforehand and then having our meetings and then afterwards and just the camaraderie and the the brotherly love that I get from those meetings. I miss it so much. Yeah. I'm... What is going on in the world? I don't know because I feel like it's just gone a little radio silent everywhere. Yeah. Either we're tired of Zooming mm -hmm. or we're dying for nice weather, which has finally arrived here in Victoria. 
I really hope that lodges survive this. Like, I know it's already bad enough mm-hmm. that there's lodges that they have members that are not connecting at all. Yeah. I was but worried about that today, too. We can't too. even go down. Like, you go downtown to the hall, and there's nobody around. There's no... There's no life in yeah. the hall. And we're there's... talking about one of the most vibrant um, odd fellow communities yeah. in the world, you know, here in Victoria. So you can only imagine where what's going on in these places where there's only 12 members in a lodge and, you know, they're having a hard time even connecting or, you know, what's They can't put on an event. They, they can't do anything. We can't raise money with having 50 people in a room. Like, yeah. we, we can't be in a room with 50 people. So we can't come up with a way to... However... However, you got bragging to, on my lodge. On I got to talk about it. This, <laughs> this two weeks ago was it two weekends ago, or we had our last meeting of the year, and we had a brother come up, and he said, "I want to do a rolling car show, and I want uh, all the I want all the mo- the money, and I want I want to get money for the food bank, and I want to get food for the food bank, and this is how I'm going to do it." So he uh, he <clears throat> sent out flyers, and he created a route. He sent out flyers to all the houses on that route. He sent out some notifications to all the car clubs and let them know what was going on. And and then um, got a volunteers from our lodge to go out and help register. Then um, the cars went on the... He organized them, yeah. He organized them. And then you, you were there. Tell us about how it went. So then after the cars were all lined up, there was 83 uh, cars-ish ballpark. And the plan was for 100. And Joel did an amazing job. It was it was brilliant. Um, there was only a couple people who were not odd fellows doing the organization. Um, and I'll catch up on something on the end of that. But the uh, f- the the trail trucks or the... Sure, the last, the last... The last two guys driving were odd fellow members in trucks. And they had uh, other members who ran out and took donations from people who were watching the car show. Yeah. So that was notification in the letter that Joel sent. And they yeah. filled a pickup truck with cans of food and $1,500 of cash for uh, the Mustard Seed Food Bank in Victoria. Yeah, incredible. So <clears throat> there was a... And there, there was, was a... nothing. There was, there was like, z- there was no promotion. There was nothing big about it. It just was yeah. grassroots and we did it. And he did, and it was amazing because he just, he was like, he had an idea. He came to a meeting. He said, I want to do this. So he did a lot of it. I mean, the oh, legwork, yeah. the, you know, just creating the route and getting the flyers out. That's the big thing. And then making sure the cars did it. But yeah, an incredible uh, moment, right? Like just uh, somebody had an idea. And a bunch of, and, and he did. And this is what, what you said. You said, uh, if you have an idea, you can stand up and you'll yeah. probably get enough people that'll just go, yeah. Who, when he said, when he presented it and then he looked around and everyone's hands started, everyone, there was 10 of us that just started putting our hands up. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll mm-hmm. be there. And, and then tell me about what the great thing was that, um, when oh, people were asking about the volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Uh, because, uh, we were uh, hard to explain. So we were kind of uh, directing cars, marshaling, and marshaling. That's the word. So we were marshaling cars, and while the cars waited in lines, we were also picking up their food donations, and there were certain protocols on how to do that. And as I was going down the car line, uh, I heard two uh, participants talking to each other, and when uh, one person asked the question of "Where do I go get blah." The other guy pointed to one of our marshals and said, you go see the odd fellow there. 
And the reason why I thought it was kind of fun and uh, important was he didn't say, you go talk to that guy in the black shirt. He said, you go talk to the odd fellow. Right. And so it, it was like the first time I'd ever heard the the cachet or the the branding of our odd fellows in in an event. Yeah, well, <clears throat> a lot of our events will have um, volunteers, people who aren't odd fellows, friends or whatever, doing some volunteer work. But this time, it was all odd fellows, mm-hmm. and it was kind of neat because yeah, there it's become something where you know if you want to find out what you do, you go ask an odd fellow. That's right. If you need to do know. something good, go ask an odd fellow. Mm-hmm. You need to. Find out what's uh, what's happening um, in the world of uh, charity work. You go ask an odd fellow, yeah. and, we'll, and, um, and so that was that was a really neat event that we actually got done uh, during COVID, COVID and um, followed all the really rules. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Everybody so, was in their car. Yeah. So that's uh, you know that's uh, that's an idea out there for people. If you have any, uh, if you ever wanna, if you wanna, you know, raise some money or raise some um, food for a food bank. And you can't touch anyone or be close or have gatherings. Rolling car show. Please use it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else is going on? Um, let's see. Um, you know what I miss about Lodge? I miss the energy of people. First of all, the, the friends. I mean, that's that's important. But the, the meetings that are... You miss Good of the Order. You miss uh, New Business. When somebody's going to stand up and they've got their one thing that they want support on for the year. And we have, uh, because we have a large lodge, uh, we have, you know, if you're going to stand up and say, I would like to support this person, this family, this group, and I need your volunteers, or I just need a little bit of cash. It's, is this the number one thing for you this year? Right. We don't expect you to be here next week or next meeting with another new idea. This is the one. And you hear the the passion about the the cause. And you hear the people will talk about the cause very in much in depth. They're mm-hmm. prepared. Uh, it's not always an organization. It's sometimes uh, just somebody who's down on their luck. Down on their luck. The the poor uh, the woman who is uh had the break and enter yeah. across the street from the hall. Mm-hmm. And that crazy story of all of that, how she had everything in her apartment destroyed uh, by the use of a fire extinguisher on absolutely everything mm-hmm. in their in their apartment. So, yeah, so we showed up with beds and a dresser and I know. clothes and sheets and pillows and blankets and everything within days. And the passion that that person was able to talk to or the member was able to talk about this person was fantastic. It was energizing. It is. It is. And when, um, you know, that's, you know, I, I was a financial, I was the, um, on the finance committee for years and, you know, we would get people who would, you know, stand up and say, how about this? How about that? But not really, you know, without passion. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was, it became a thing where we would say, okay, you know, let's say you can only donate to one thing. Right. And that's, and that, if this, is this the one thing? And once people started getting that into their head, they realized that, okay, well, all of a sudden, okay, I've got, this is real, and this really means a lot to me. So I'm willing to bring this to Lodge, and I am willing to stand up passionately and speak to it. Um, yeah, since we've sort of adopted that, we have we have seen, you know, so many members with, like, you know, they it's well thought out. It's not just willy-nilly, let's throw $500 at this, this, and this. It's like, 
this person really needs us mm-hmm. and needs us to not only, you know, possibly support financially, but like, like with, you know, furniture or, um, you know, strength and, and, um, um, you know, muscle, helping muscle. muscle yeah, yeah. Helping out, um, you know, a truck here, um, you know, moving this there and to see, um, those members when they're able to present that check or they're able to present that help and know, like, you know, be able to bring their crew, their posse, their brothers and sisters to help a friend or someone they, that's in their life. There's just so much gratitude. They feel it. And they, they're proud to be on Oddfellow. They're mm-hmm. proud to be part of this group and what they do. And, and, and we, we feel that, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that is an amazing thing. And I miss it too. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, yeah, I had something else I was going to say. <laughs> I miss uh, I miss the beers before lunch. <laughs> I miss those Wednesday nights when you can just close out the world, right? That's kind of what Lodge is too sometimes, you know? It's just you close out the world and you become, you get into something that's not yourself. Did you say something about that before? Did Ainsley say something like that? Where it was like, we're yeah, not Ainsley ourselves, said, right? We're not ourselves. Yeah. Ainsley said that. Um, the, yeah, and there's, and, and we're on the West Coast, so the usual, you know, business wear is sandals with socks, or maybe not. Right. So we suit up. We blazer up. We blazer up. and Sing all the songs. We sing all the songs. <laughs> and that's another really fun thing about it, is that it is so unlike everyday life. Like, you go about your day, you know... Joyous on the, the the little triumphs and and wallowing in whatever misery can be, you go to a meeting, and first of all you have the friendship, and then you can help somebody. I, I I've had chats with people before and after the meeting where it's been like real heart to heart stuff, and that's not what my day is like as a project manager in front of a laptop sure. all day, and so it's. Uh, it's the both the it's not who I am, but it's an escape. So there's a there's a sort of a fantasy escape and in, into the the club atmosphere of it all and the fun and the friendship and you know a friend and a friend and a friend and a friend all in one room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the feeling of uh, connection that's just rocks. I always tell people when they're having a hard day. You know, or a hard week or hard go to month. Meeting. Go to a meeting. <laughs> yes. Don't stay away Don't from stay. the meetings, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I wasn't feeling well, and so I just didn't show up. And I'm like, well, this is where you go to get recharged. You mm-hmm. get filled up when you're at meetings. Like our meetings, like when last year when I was vice grand and John Norgard was noble grand, we would start every single meeting with both of us meeting in the middle of the lodge hall and hugging. And as the year progressed, it was funny because we would hug and then like the next week we would hug and then my right supporter and his right supporter would hug. And then by the end, we had this like, we would hug at the middle of the thing. And then I looked around and every single person in the entire lodge hall was hugging. Stood up and hugged. Stood up and hugged. It was like one of the most amazing moments in Odd Fellowship for me ever. It was incredible. And that was what that whole thing um, it, it came to. And I was yeah. like... Um, I, I looked around and I was I was actually like, you know, I was thinking as we were hugging at first that this is so ridiculous. It's just <laughs> us like performing. And then I look around and I see everybody doing it. And I'm like, okay, this is what it was all meant to be, right? So, but the truth is, is that, you know, anytime that I've had a bad week, a bad day, a bad month, 
and then I've gone to lodge, I've always felt better. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's tough not going to lodge, especially when a lot of people are having such hard, they are having some hard times right now. And, uh, you know, without that connection, um, yeah, it just, it's probably harder. So I'm just looking forward to the day when we can all get back together. Uh, Zoom is good, but it's just not as good. And uh, we haven't been Zooming lately. So uh, we'll see. Maybe soon. Well, what did you think about the no, <laughs> the social distancing meeting at the park? So I liked it, and I liked it more when it wasn't. So we had one where it was more of a social, mm-hmm. and then we had the last one we had. We actually went through um, business, business, yeah. and I liked it better. That's uh, good. Yeah, so it was good, you know. And I think if if we can't meet in a lodge hall, then we have to do that. We will do that. Yeah, come September. We just have so, to. So I've heard about uh, a lodges doing initiations right now. Right. With just the, uh, no additional members, only cast and one or two candidates at a time. Okay. Just make sure you don't say anything. I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But um, that's, but that is like so the, how to do it. A real initiation. Yeah, I hope so. Because when you have. Because the impact of the initiation is is supposed to be so powerful, I don't know you that you're the noble grand, but I I guess that we are we're abiding by our rules for our building, uh, first and foremost. I really want the impact of the initiation ceremony to hit the every group, mm-hmm. and I was um, I was in. Bastions. I was a, a member of the Bastion group when they initiated their last crew, and it was uh, it was amazing. It was full on. Um, we did everything, and you could see, like Ainsley said, you could see people going, "Aha!" That aha moment, and I could just because I went through the aha moment too. I didn't um, feel like I, I I don't I don't want that. To be missed by the the next round, so right we need to find we'll a, way to out a way to get forty nine oh. and a half people. <laughs> I was going to say too that you know we initiate you know ten to twelve you know up to twenty, well eighteen I think was one of our largest initiation groups, and we do that every year. And um, yeah, I'm really missing those those moments with new members when they are discovering Odd Fellowship we in that first 70, year. We had more than 70 people in the hall for 2018s or 2019, probably it was 2019's initiation. Like it was bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're initiating 20, you know, up to upwards of like 18 to 20 new members, it's not, <laughs> it's not an easy, uh, Show, sure. like, like people don't know that Billy is like okay. He's like stage manager, you know, uh, den mother, uh, you know, yeah, all yeah, and and you know, taskmaster, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, somehow you know we we're able to do these incredible um, uh, initiations. But yeah, I'm, I'm missing that. You know, we do a rookie of the year, rookie dinners, and we um, oh, we give a rookie dinners. of the year award. And this is just not happening this year. Um, I have. You know, one of my great friends is was poised to become a member, and he'd been working for years. You know, the last year he was bartending at meetings and coming to meetings. You know, and just being outside and you know getting to know what was going on. So ready to become a member, and it's just you know it's just been thrown out the window until 
hopefully until yeah. next year. But you know, that's my bragging on the lodge. I think it, that I'll give is the initiates dinner. The initiates dinner is a rather new brainchild because it was my class in 2017 that did the first one, uh, and it was just hey, a team building exercise for us. You're initiated in April as a class. We were 15 or 14. And then you are tasked to do a dinner for the lodge. Now, we're different than all uh, lodges are all different around the world, but we do not have a dinner before every meeting uh, or any kind of um, designated social time. We just We just show up early and you might have a beer with a friend, but uh, this was a true fundraising dinner, and we did one, had a great turnout, and uh, the we thought, oh, we're fantastic. We're just we just made raise all this money. We uh, ended up having a pig roast for the homeless shelter uh, on uh, in the summertime. So we raised all this money, and we had a pig roast. So that was our game, and then the next year the. <laughs> they knocked it out of the park. They out of the park. They like blew us away. Yeah. Uh, they gave a. Uh, they had a great presentation from the hospice society. I think it was second year, maybe it was third year, but uh, but they they blew us away in how organized they were. They had a huge event. Uh, there was the one year was hipster uh, uh, hamburgers for hipsters or hipsters for hospice. That's what it's hipsters for hospice, and like. We had the speaker, we had a, a great dinner, and that group is so tight. Absolutely. That group is so tight. Well, I see like every, I feel like every group just going through it, whether they, you know, each year they get better or whatever, but each year they come out going, hey, I am, I feel a part of my class, you know, my, this, these group that I came in with and that I'm going to become an odd fellow for life with, you know, it's like, I think the retention rate has yeah. has has really grown like we used to we would we used to maybe retain 50 percent of who we'd initiate and i think you know it's closer to 80 percent now yeah, it's and, much higher and i think it really is that first year how we take care of our, our new members and how they take care of each other and really yeah. become a cohesive unit but yeah i mean those you know every year i see them and they're just like this is not only uh, a great team building exercise but i just feel so great and that's it's them seeing that they can ha create an event yeah like immediately they're yeah. just showing like boom okay you guys get together put on a dinner we're gonna pay well you know we're gonna pay money everybody's gonna pay money and you're gonna have some money and you'll be able to do something with it and that's what we kind of preach is that you can you know you and your brothers can create uh something quickly and efficiently and then and then have a really positive impact from it so mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. And I just can't wait for the next one. <laughs> next year, next year. Um, so what did you write down over there on your little scratch pad? Oh, I was just, uh, I was just wanted to talk about that. That was about, um, if you're not feeling well, I want to Oh, go to lunch. Yeah, go to lunch, yeah. Yeah, just wanted to, that was my scratch mark. Because I'm forget, I forget things sometimes. Because I get so <laughs> that excited. That could be a catchphrase for us. What's not that? feeling well? Yeah. Go to lunch. Go to lunch. <laughs> yeah, upset. <laughs> Go to lunch. It's just like, you know, anything, If it's the cure to anything, right? It's like um, back in the old days when you'd like burn yourself, put some butter on it, you know? <laughs> there was really? This, yeah. Can you ever hear that? Put some butter on it. You know, if you burn yourself, you put some butter, put on, butter it, you know? on it. You know, cut yourself, put some butter on it. You know, oh. arrow to the stomach, oh, put some butter on it. That's my mother. Have a glass of milk, go to school. That's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a cure-all. It works.
Chicken soup. Chicken That's the soup. Jewish version. Yeah. You know, as as the, the listener can really hear that, you know, Billy and I, we can talk about Odd Fellowship for, for hours. Six more hours. Yeah, easy. Three episodes, um, four episodes. We really, if there's any topics that anybody wants us to yeah, address, yeah, just email us and we'll put together sort of, um, um, you know, if, if it's questions or, you know, our take on what's going on and, you know, we'll... we'll oh, boy. Yeah, and we're okay. You know, I'm okay with um, delving into some of the more controversial stuff. You know, if anybody really wants to throw it out there, we will pick and choose, and you know, but uh, but uh, it, you know, there could we can definitely get to a point where um, you know we can do a, a listeners uh, where listeners take over the podcast and really sort of give us uh, some direction going forward. So, if there's anything you want to know about yeah. us or Odd Fellowship. Um, we can find out or uh, at least give you our our take on it. <laughs> Unbridled. Unbridled take. take. Yeah. Uh, anything else tonight, Billy? Yeah, I don't know. What does your kid think of Odd Fellowship? You know, that's a good question. I was going to ask you this too. Um, so I have a, a 19-year-old uh, kid who's amazing. And they... You know, they would see me uh, come down in my uh, blazer and bow tie and every uh, couple Wednesdays and they would just look over and I have no idea what they thought about it. But when I took them to the hall and they have performed at the hall for a couple, uh, three of our parties that we have thrown there, uh, they, they think it's pretty cool. They think it's pretty cool. I chatted up the idea of joining Mm-hmm. When they were turning seventeen or eighteen, just to test the waters on on what they were you know thinking of or looking for, there's a certain level of uh, intro, introspective or narcissism we need to deal with uh, at that age that um, we're not quite ready to look at everybody and and so when the odd fellows had junior odd fellows. Um, Back in the day when they were prevalent, there are still summer lodges around like that. Seed your lodge with young young minds and young members. I think that wouldn't work very well with my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, they think it's fun when they've seen, you know, they've been in the hall, right? And uh, when we, um, you know, kind of just talk about what what we do mm-hmm. and uh, and doing work in the community. They, they like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't get the other stuff. They all think it's, they, they just think it's kind of, you know, uh, why do you need to go do this? Yeah. Kind yeah. of thing. What well, is your, well, you've got, yeah, so I've got, yeah, so I've got a 21 year old and a six year old. Six year old has no clue. I don't think she really knows what's going on. She sees me come in my suit every once in a while and just knows I'm going out. And of course, my wife likes to call it the old boys club. So I'm sure there's that, no old boys there. I know. We're the old boys. <laughs> we are. I, we are the old boys. Oh, it's official. Yeah. Okay. Um, but my, so my, but my, my eldest daughter, I think she, um, uh, she, she knows it's a place for me to, you know, have fun with my friends uh-huh. and that's part of it. She is proud of the work that I've done and she has participated in the, in my event, ton of love. 
<clears throat> and sees um, what we do. So, you know, but it'd be interesting. Let's just call her and see what she thinks of there the Oddfellows. Let's okay. see. Let's, uh, let's Cold calls. Yeah, let's see hot, what happens here. Hot stove. Hot stove, cold, cold, calls. cold calls. Here we go. See if it picks up on the... We'll, we'll be quiet. Well... Hello? Hey, Thea, it's Dad. Hi, yeah, hello. Hi. <laughs> hey, um, so I was just curious. Um, you're on uh, the Oddfellows uh, podcast right now. Um, okay. What do you think of Oddfellowship? And what do you think about the Oddfellows? Um, well, I think it contributes a lot to Victoria. And I actually just was listening to the intro, guys. As I was cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> What'd you think? Um, I thought it was great. So much fun. Oh, good, good. Do you think you'd ever want to be an odd fellow? Uh, yeah, well, after you said that you were going to, I heard you say that you were in it for life, it made me think of um, how one day I could be an odd fellow too, and you could be like my mentor or something. <laughs> I know that we wouldn't be in the same group. Well, that's interesting because uh, next week we might be um, talking to a father-daughter um, uh, tandem in Victoria uh, that you yeah, know. Rachel, Rachel and Bill Murphy. You got it. You got it. Very good. So what do you think, why do you think I like being an odd fellow? Um, I think you like it because it gets you out of your, you know, what your typical life is. You get to kind of, not escape, but it's like escaping and you contribute. You know so many people in Victoria. So I think you benefit, and Oddfellows benefits from you. Hmm, that's awesome. Okay, well, thanks a lot. We appreciate your input. Yeah, no problem. And, I, and I'm very excited about you possibly becoming an Oddfellow one day. I didn't. I didn't know that. Are you cleaning right now, Thea? <laughs> Are you in the yeah. bathtub? Yeah. I, well, I'm just. I'm cleaning out the drains right now. Okay. Go. Got it. Okay. Well, thanks for thanks for um, taking some time. We appreciate we appreciate you, and uh, we love. I love the fact that you're a multitasker, uh, and uh, maybe we'll get you um, in front of the mic for a real interview soon. Okay. Because okay. maybe the future of, of Odd Fellowship could be in your hands. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I love you. Okay, bye. So there you go. I didn't even know that she wanted to be an odd fellow. That's That's great. (laughs) See what the... And that was from listening to one episode of The Modern Go Rider. There you go. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So anybody, you want to call? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Uh, No, I don't want to call. Okay, okay. No more calling. We'll We'll try that out. This has been an awesome episode. I, I liked it. I don't think we need to. I don't even think we need an intro. Why don't we do the intro now? Okay. Hi, welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'm Billy Sanderson, and I'm Josh Miller, and you've been listening to one of the funnest episodes that we will probably record for a while. I don't know about that. I think they're all going to be fun. You think so? Yeah. Well, I think that you know. I think we're gonna we'll do more of this, and uh, but come on, I've been having fun since day one already. There we go. Well, thanks for listening. You can uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, of course. We have a Facebook group. 
you can go to our website, modernrotegoatrider.com. Modern Goat Rider. And uh, you can email us at info at moderngoatrider.com. And especially if you are in interest of uh, sending us questions and uh, keep a listen out for us in the future because we're going to have some really interesting people in and they're all booked up for coming events, uh, sorry, coming interviews. And the goal is that we get uh, listeners to also email us and, uh, and we'll connect on your experience as well. So maybe you'll be next on the cold call. We want to call you. Leave your number. We'll call Iceland. We'll call Germany. We'll call just. All right. Cheers in FLT.